This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good evening, Bucknutters. Welcome to what we learned live following Ohio State's 24-10 win at Wisconsin tonight. A little too close for comfort, um, but, you know, you get a Wisconsin with a 14-point win. I'll take it every time. I predicted 27-10 to 10 Buckeyes. They win 24-10. to 10. I'll take that every time. We'll get into the good, the bad, and everything in between. I am Dave Biddle. Welcome to what we learned live. We're going to hear from Heath Schneider, a.k.a. Heater, in just a moment. We'll hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon following post-game interviews at Camp Randall Stadium. But uh, appreciate you guys joining me. Um, you know, I mean, you know, there's a lot to dissect here. Uh, first of all, let's hope Lathan Ransom's okay. That didn't look good. That's the first thing that I'm worried about. You know, I mean, um, best thing is the Buckeyes emerged out of here with a 14-point victory or just a victory period. Um, before we get too far, I do want to let you guys know, I mean, if you guys want to, like, support the late, great, D Stanley and his foundation get on homage. Um, they've got this great shirt and it's, it's supporting D um, his foundation, the late great Demetrius Stanley who back in 1996, everybody remembers the Rose bowl. Do you guys remember the 1996 Wisconsin game? True freshman Ron Dane coming in there. Wisconsin almost stole one until Demetrius Stanley scores a late touchdown to win the game for the Buckeyes. So shout out to the late great, D Stanley and get on homage and uh, all proceeds uh, from Demetrius's shirt goes to homage. This is not a paid advertisement. I just want to give a shout out to the great D Stanley and thanks to homage for doing this. All right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, Kyle McCord looked decent in the second half, looked good in the second half, looked, did not look good in the first half. Um, he's got to be better, but like it's something with him. Like he steps up in the second half. He steps up in the second half, so give him credit for that. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in college football. If he doesn't win the Heisman, I don't know what we're doing. People say all the time, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in college football. You hear it all the time. Everybody says it, right? Like I've said this before, guys. We have an award for that, best player in college football. Last time I checked, we have an award for that. So it's time he gets a little bit more love for the Heisman. It is starting to ramp up. Yeah, Joel Klatt. 
starting to talk about it. The odds have gone up. If you got it at 35 to one last week, like we told you, um, good job. Cause it's already like 18 to one fitting Marv's number is 18. I bet you before the end of the night, it's like 10 to one should be like uh, two to one at the most right now. JJ McCarthy is your favorite to win the Heisman trophy. So, uh, starting to believe what Dan Rubin said, whoever wins the Ohio state Michigan game, presuming Marvin has a good game and JJ has a good game. Whoever wins that game, that'll be the Heisman trophy winner, Marvin Harrison jr. Or JJ McCarthy, whoever wins that game, presuming that player has a good game. It doesn't even need to be a great game. Good game. <laughs> Marv's already at like 900 receiving yards through eight games. Unbelievable how good he is. And what's crazy is there's no Emeka Buka tonight. Again, he could have played. From what we understand, he could have played last week too. They have him ready to go just in case they need to get like Jaden Ballard's been good field and punts. They just need to make sure Emeka's been ready to go. The fact that you don't even have Emeka and Marvin is still doing this, it's just amazing to me how good he is. Travion Henderson, I thought, did not look good early, and then he completely stepped up like a boss in the second half. Kudos to Travion Henderson. Um, Offensive line was hit and miss. I thought there were some big-time holes. I thought overall the offensive line, you got to give Wisconsin credit. We're all hypercritical, myself included. you got to give Wisconsin some credit. But McCord's got to be better. He's got to be better. He he just he leaves a lot to be desired. I'll put it that way. He's not bad. At times he looks bad. We're all like, he's bad. And then he's like, oh, well, that was a dime. Then he steps up and gets a first down on a run. Like, okay. Got hurt on the play, but I was like, that was huge. You got to be able to do that sometimes on third down, and he did it. A couple of QB sneaks in there. Um, good on Ryan Day for mixing that in. Um, so at times you're like watching McCord, you're like, what the hell? Like, you're like, no, this can't happen. And then it's like, okay, all right. You do that, we're good. Um, so it's a little in between. Um, but the best thing about being 8 0 is going. 9-0, and and the best thing about Heath Schneider is he's about ready to come on the podcast. Heater, if you are ready, I'm going to bring you on, my friend. What's up, man? My man, how you doing? Well, apparently we've got, like, uh, the wrong colors in here, man. I'm doing good, man. I, what's your main takeaway? Are you, I mean, I predicted 27-10 Ohio State. They win 24-10. I can't be upset about that if the Buckeyes would have won by like you know barely like a field goal or something yeah yeah and it, felt, it almost felt like it was going to come down it. to that when as, as they came out and did the sandwich scoring at the half right and suddenly it's 10 10 you're like I've I've felt this before you talked you talked all week don't sleep on this don't sleep on this game it's it's up in Wisconsin it's at night I've stood on a I've stood on the sidelines for an entire Ohio State game up in Wisconsin it is a tough place to play in this. Like you said, it's not a bad team. They're in a bad. They're in a bad spot with their quarterback right now. But my my main takeaway: uh, great defense. This defense is championship caliber defense, and the quarterback play has to be better. It has to be better. We are we are nine games into him as a starter. Eight games this year, right? And. You've got to want more. I, there's he's inconsistent. Uh, he at the end of it, you're going to look at it. And you're going to see, oh, he was 17 of 26. He had 225 yards or 226 yards and two touchdowns. He also had three turnovers. And when you sit there and think about quarterback play, nine games into your career, 
And I know we, I know we've been spoiled by the quarterback play over the last, you know, four quarterbacks uh, at Ohio state, but you can't be, you can't be in the situation where you have moments, you have to string together consistent play throughout. And that's not what you had happening uh, at the beginning of the game, he missed what two or three plat passes in the flat. He he completely missed on a uh, otherwise open um, Marvin Harrison, who I agree with is the best uh, best player in college football. And these are these are yards that that are just given away. These are easy plays. A, a pass in the flat it, it doesn't get much easier than a pass in the flat, uh, a screenplay, etc. And he just whiffed on him to be honest with you yeah i mean you nailed it i mean defense is elite this and you know this defense especially this year if it was a different year maybe with 2019 lsu or 2019 ohio state but that but right. 2019 ohio state on a, di- in a different like program or something or 2020 alabama we saw them firsthand in the national championship yeah. game there's not an elite team in college football this year is my point heater and Agreed. this defense ohio state's defense with just a good offense, can win the national championship. I agree. And and part of that, though, is you need to have a guy who can manage through the game and, you know, not to not to take um, uh, Ravens ball from 2000 when, when uh, they had that defense that was generationally great, a generationally great defense with the Ravens, and all they needed was a game manager. Uh, very similar to what we had in 2002. We had a terrific defense. We needed a game manager. Uh, there and and that's what you need. I don't need a superstar at my quarterback level with this at my quarterback. What I need is with this level of defense, a quarterback that's going to come in and manage the game. I have receivers that can be stars on the other end of those balls that he's throwing, but they've got to be balls that those receivers can get to, and that has uh, the too often that is not happening. And I I put it in my immediately after the. Uh, uh, game analysis, blast me away, blast away at me if you want, but you need consistent play and we got to move away from moments and into, Hey, he had a great game, not great moments. Are you worried about Lathan? Cause I am, he's a, oh, yeah. a bad, he's a, he, he's got, the, he has the wallet has BMF on it and I'm worried about him. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I don't, I don't know what, uh, what was the word that came down other than he was limping. I saw him kind of back out, but we'll hear from Patrick and, and Steve after interviews. Yeah. I, I'm sure Ryan's not going to say too much, but we'll we'll hear the latest. Hopefully, it's it's not too. He was at least able to like walk on his own power. It doesn't look like it's a season ender. Just guessing. You never know, though. You yeah. Never know. Yeah. No, you never know, especially as the you get less and less games on the back end. And you know, it's how quickly do you come back? The other takeaway, and 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 not to segue away from it, but. Yes, major takeaways. Travion Henderson came in and played like a boss. He had, uh, I think he had over 200 yards from scrimmage uh, between, I think he had 40 plus yards uh, receiving 162 on the ground and reminded everyone why he's RB1 in in Columbus. You know, we had all this uh, hemming and hawing over the last few weeks about, hey, why aren't they playing Dallin Hayden and why why is uh Mayan sitting back and what's going on why aren't we putting chip ahead of this guy or that guy and when healthy he came in and he showed you why he's RB1 
He did. And I, I wasn't impressed early, though, Heater. I thought he was getting bounced back too often. Great running backs usually fall forward. And then he made me eat my words the entire second half, and I'm here for it. Like, Travion stepped up. He didn't play bad in the first half. Kyle no. played bad. Kyle played bad in the first half. He did. Like, he did. Articulated. Trey didn't play bad in the first half. He, he played okay, I thought. I, I thought he left a little bit to be desired. I was like, he needs to start breaking tackles. Let's and just say happened? he had, the, he had a little bit of rust. He was breaking. He, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He had rust. He missed three games. What did he do in the second half? He started breaking tackles, making plays. And again, he wasn't bad in the first half, but he was fantastic in the second half. Oh, yeah. And that 33, that 33 yard touchdown down the left side, he showed you a burst of speed that I had not seen from him uh, in a while, to be honest with you. If you remember, what didn't he have that, like, like the first time he touched the ball or first couple of times he touched the ball in his career, he had that 70 yarder that he broke off on like a screenplay, right? For a touchdown. Minnesota. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of speed I saw in that 33-yarder because he was running away from guys at the end of the play. It was beautiful to see. And, uh, you know, keep him healthy, and it's going to take a lot of pressure off McCord because he's not a guy that he's going to – McCord is not a guy that's going to put the team on his shoulders and say, ride me until uh, the glory uh, to Valhalla. It's going to be McCord has to manage the game, and when you have a good running game, and you have those receivers on the other end, McCord can be serviceable for what you need. Let me ask you this. So, like, um, obviously it ended up well for Kyle, and thank goodness he was able to, like, get his confidence going as he is wont to do in the second half. If Devin Brown was healthy, do you think Ryan Day might have turned to him at some point? Okay, so you're saying he's not hurt at all and he was good number two, good to go. Um, it was this close. We know it was this close in camp. In fact, yeah. it was like, it was like Kyle's ahead, Devin's ahead, Kyle's and, ahead, did, 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 and then Kyle ended up ahead. But it was like, yeah, and 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 you're talking about you're talking about three turnovers in the first half, and and you come out after you know the first possession after second half, and it's ten ten. You know, if he doesn't come out and do something on that first possession, he might uh, first possession in the second half, he might turn around and say. Devin, loosen up. Might 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 look at him and say, loosen up. I don't know that. I, to be honest with you, though, I I, I think that um, in that situation, you're probably thinking uh, you're probably seeing a situation that you don't want to see if that happens, right? This is all fictitious and and it didn't happen. But you're creating controversy on a team that's ranked number three, that's undefeated, and now what do you do if he if Devin Brown comes in and tears it up, right? Uh, and then suddenly it's, you know, Joe Germain and uh, uh, Stanley Jackson back there trading off and everybody's screaming, why is Jackson in this time when it should be Joe? And why is Joe in when it should be Stanley? You know, I, that's a boy, that's a sticky wicket, man. It's a great question. Sticky wicket. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, O-line. Um, where are you at on the O-line? I saw some gaping holes. Obviously, Wisconsin was able to, like, get some stuff done defensively. But overall, this O-line. Um, they're coming together, my friend. They, they are. I was, uh, I was very happy with the offensive line, 162 yards, uh, from your starting running back. <laughs> we'll do that for you. Um, but, but Travion did two things, uh, that, that, that I, I hadn't seen. Like he, he would wait for the hole when it wasn't there, or he would hit the hole in the second half, or he would hit the hole 
when it was there right away and he didn't dilly dally. And uh, that decisiveness and that vision uh, we haven't seen uh, for, a, for a good bit. I think the offensive line is coming together. I was shocked to see, um, oh, who did they flash up on the screen that had the most penalties since 2022 with uh, out of all the tackles in D1? He had just gotten I, I, for I, I didn't see that. I don't know. Yeah, it's sure, true. We, got, sure we got we got a ton of people. Thank you to everybody who's watching. We got a lot of people watching. We got like a thousand people watching. I'm a right big now. draw. So who was it? Simmons. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big Simmons. Deal. Oh, Josh Simmons. Yeah, yeah. He has 22 penalties. Peter is kind of a big. Peter's he, apartment smells of rich mahogany. Uh, I have many leather bound books. Um, <laughs> yeah, he has 22 penalties since la- the start of last season. How I think you're I mean, talking about like a, a player from a different team? Yeah, Josh Simmons, our own Josh Simmons, yeah. Jimmy Simmons. Yeah, yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. What do What are you reading there? What do you got? Just a lot, like a lot of people, like 500 people have re- responded. Simmons, it's still coming in because not everybody's <laughs> like watching it live. Some people have yeah. a little bit of a delay. It's like it's, it's still coming. If you can look at this, I don't know if you can see the comments, but it's like Simmons, Simmons, Simmons. Oh yeah, yeah. There's got it. Button. I completely we got agree. it, baby. We got it. Yeah, I mean. I think overall, I mean, you look at the grades. Josh Simmons actually, he started off so slow. He's been kind of a whipping boy. He's yeah. actually played pretty solid if you look at his PFF grades. Um, but he, he's he got to step it up. Ryan Day's doing his uh, press conference right now, I can tell from looking at the local. Can uh, we talk a little bit about Ryan? Let's talk about Ryan, please. So, so that felt to me like that was uh, one of the most vanilla and uninspired uh, sets of play calling he has done since he became the head coach. Uh, as I was sitting there watching it, uh, and I am by no means, I, I, I am not a guy that sits there and says, you know, inside handoff, you know, off tackle, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I watch the game and I, I take mental notes. I Every every one of those things, I, I felt like I was my own Connor Stallions. I was like, I know what that play is going to be before it's run. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see what's coming, you know. And yeah. that was, it just felt very uninspired to me. And maybe, maybe he's saying, Oh, Kyle's not having a good game. I need to pull it back. Uh, I have Travion back. I can run him. How many times did he run tonight? Uh, he ran a lot. 24, 24. Yeah. Yeah. 24 times uh, for a guy that hasn't played in three games. That's a lot of, that's a lot of tote in the rock, you know? Uh, and maybe, and maybe he said, "Look, I got a running back game. I got a running back uh, that's back in action. I got my RB one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride that guy and until we get across the goal line." But I just saw a, uh, a very, very vanilla set of plays that we ran tonight. You know, this is still a 24 to 10. You're right. I mean, I was frustrated with how vanilla the play calling was. I know from Ryan Day's perspective, he's probably thinking there's no way this Wisconsin offense can move the ball against our defense. But you've got to be more aggressive than that. You know, I, I get it to an extent, but like I still want to be more aggressive than that. Like be Ohio State, you know, take the fight to them. Don't be like, well, they can't move the ball against us. Although I did like him taking the points at times. There were times I thought maybe in the past he would have like gone for it. He was at kicking field goals when he should have tonight. I know you're a fan of that. Yes, I, I am. But I will tell you this. Uh, you, you made a great point. Hey, be Ohio State. When uh, we had the, the our first possession, we turned the ball over on down. Well, it wasn't on downs. He fumbled. It was his fumble. 
uh, from Accord. And then, and then we got it right back. My immediate thought was go for the jugular uh, and throw it down along down the sidelines and let one of your stud wide receivers catch it. And the first play from scrimmage, I think, wound up being an inside handoff to Travion. You know, and that's that's the that's the Ryan Day that I miss. Like Ryan Day used to immediately, hey, I'm going to step on the neck of the enemy and I am just right. going to to chop heads off figuratively uh and and just demoralize them until they tap out till they tap out and this was hey i'm just gonna you know it's chilly out so i don't you know we got numb fingers i'll just hand the ball off you know that's not the ryan day i that like i fell in love with in 2019 you know yeah he did seem like like a just natural born killer in yeah. 19, especially the way he like just completely like ravaged Michigan's coaching staff. That's back when we thought Al Washington was a good coach. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was a good time, wasn't it? Al Washington. No, I think Greg Greg Madison actually was a good coach. Uh, Al Washington, it's like, eh, no, 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 not no. really, not so much. Tim Walton, good coach. Perry Eliano, good coach. I love this secondary. I hate to harp on it. I just hope Lathan's okay. The good yeah. thing is they are deep enough. Like you could go with Proc and and just go with and not rotate. But man, Lathan Ransom. Hopefully he's okay for the Michigan. I don't even care if he's okay for Rutgers or yeah. Michigan State or Minnesota. Just hopefully right. he's okay for November twenty fifth heater. Hey, by the way, uh, no Cade Stover receptions tonight. Um, I saw him in there. I know he was playing, but I don't even think he was targeted tonight. Yeah, that's interesting because one of our prop bets, quote unquote, on the site was like combined receptions for tight ends, five for Ohio State's tight ends and Wisconsin's tight ends. I know G. Scott had two. Yeah, let's check it out. I don't even know. Let's hear. Let's let's see. Let's see how many tight ends. Like, yeah, I would have bet anything that like it would have been like over five receptions combined. Yeah, you're right. I you know G had two. Nothing for Kate Stover. Kate Stover came in as one of the top tight ends in the nation. He even was added to the Bolitnikoff Award list. People are like, that's for the best wide receiver, right? They consider it the best pass catcher, so they'll put tight ends on there as well. But. uh yeah, that's interesting. You look at Marvin, six catches, 123 yards, two touchdowns, just adds to his greatness. Really no other receivers really involved, man. I mean, Julian Fleming, two catches, 19 yards. Carnell Tate, one catch, 14 yards, and that's it. Other than Marvin, you had three catches for wide receivers. They really need a Mecca back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they really, really need a Mecca back. It, you know, it. it I, I think I mentioned it to you maybe last week. Uh or, or a couple of weeks ago that, uh, you know, like Julian Fleming always leaves me wanting more. Like he came in with tremendous amount of hype and he feels like our Kenyon Rambo for modern days. Like here's this five star. He's come in, he's all of that and a bag of chips. And then suddenly he's like, you, you're just, wait, I want more than two catches a game for 25 yards. I, I want to see Marvin kind of numbers. This is a five star that had so much hype. Uh, and so I need a Mecca back so that Marvin can take, we can get some of the heat off Marvin and, 
you know, he's always going to have extra attention because he's Marvin, right? But at least you could take some of that and say, okay, if you're going to commit two guys here, then I'm going to have double E wide open and we can, we can keep moving that ball down the field. Yeah. You know, I just looked at the QB progression, uh, not to go back to McCord, but McCord was four for his first 11 passes, you know? So that's, I mean, when you're trying to set the tone in a, in a game at the beginning of a game, you just can't do it with that kind of play, you know, and, and, and two, two turnovers, the uh, fumble and the interception, but we, we need to get a Mecca back. You, you know, he's been available, but not playing. Um, and maybe now uh, with the uh, next couple of games, you sit there and say, okay, um, we'll, we'll see you in November, you know, and, and at the end of a November and maybe have a warm up game before that, get him super healthy. Uh, I don't, I don't know. We'll get you out here on this. Now, you can stay as long as you want. I've already kept you longer than, uh, you know, what I promised. But you can stay as long as you want, my friend. But I'm going to get you out on here on this, like, um, get your thoughts on this. So the college football playoff rankings, the first iteration of the 2023 college football playoff rankings come out later this week. Um, Buckeyes number one, where are you at? I, I The Buckeyes are going to be number one or number two. Going into this game, I thought they'd be number one. Um you could make them number two, but I think they carry number one uh, coming out of this weekend as well. They've got the best resume. Uh, they they have the best resume. Uh, they have the best defense in my mind. I know that the uh, the school up north is going to tell you that their defense is the best in the nation. Uh, show me your resume where you have played somebody besides, you know, the New Hope School for the Blind, and and then we'll talk. You know, whether you are in the Desmond Howard realm where you say, I don't have a lot of faith in Notre Dame. Well, guess what? Notre Dame was a top 10 team. They're, they're continuing to win. Uh, Penn State won again, although it was closer than it should have been. Penn State won again. There was a two top 10 teams that we beat. Uh, and it just looks like the march towards the end of uh, the end of November is coming up and it's going to be that showdown that we've seen so many times before and what a story it's building up to be because everything that's happened in the last week plus with Michigan, um, it just right now I'm, I'm putting them at number one. Yeah. It's, it's going to be between them and Florida state. I, I think the Buckeyes will be number one, Notre yeah. Dame, Penn state quality wins. And listen, we're going to pick it apart. We, we have been picking it apart. People that view this from, you know, uh, unbiased perspective was the Ohio State won at Wisconsin 24 to 10 in a game. Ohio State was favored by 14 points. It'd be like solid win. Yeah. You're more than solid. Great stuff as always from Heater. He is Heath Schneider. Get on Bucknuts and read his immediately after the game. Recap analysis. Thank you, Heater. I appreciate it, my man in Amsterdam. Right. Much love, brother. Have a good one. He is Heater. Great stuff out of Heater. Great man and uh, great insights. Peter is a uh, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Air Force guy. Now he's a civilian. He was in the Air Force for many, many a year. I believe twenty. Peter, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You can uh, you can text me. I believe like twenty years at least in the in the Air Force, and uh, now he's able to do things like join me on on the uh, post game show. So uh, so yeah, guys. I mean, like, is Kyle McCord? We have a lot of comments. Is Kyle McCord good enough for this team to win the national championship? This year, he is with this defense. 
Now he's got to play better, but like, I mean, Ohio State won a national championship with Craig Krenzel. Now Craig would step up and run the ball, as we all know, but you know, I do feel like um, obviously Kyle's got to be better. As Heater said, as I said, I mean, Kyle McCord has to be better for them to win the national championship. But can they win the national championship with Kyle McCord? Yes, they can because this defense is elite and there's not an elite team in college football. And you just cross another one off. Coming into the year, I thought there were four games that could be a hiccup. Notre Dame, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan. Boom. That leaves one, my friends. That leaves one. Justin on YouTube, what do I think about Desmond Howard putting Ohio State number six? I mean, I I, I have I don't give any thoughts to that dunce. <laughs> no. Sean on YouTube, he says, I would take Krenzel over McCord. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, Krenzel won a national championship, so I, I hear you guys. Like, obviously, Krenzel and his toughness, I get it. I'm just saying, like, come on. Can the Buckeyes win a national championship with Kyle McCord? Yes, they can with his defense. But, again, I mean, both things can be true. Like, he's got to be better. Marvin Harrison Jr., you got the best receiver, best player in college football. Offensive line continues to get better. Now you got a healthy Travion Henderson. Elite defense. Emeka is going to be back. He could have played tonight, to my understanding. He could have played. Mitch on YouTube, Biddle, do you see Carnell Tate's blocking, doing a pretty good job for a true freshman? That's huge because they were, without saying it, they were kind of saying that was one thing that was kind of holding him back. Not that he wasn't tough. We know he's tough. But um, it's an attitude with blocking, and uh, and you're seeing that now. I love that you brought that up. Carnell Tate out there. Um, one reception tonight, but um, if he's able to block, Hartline's going to play him. Do you guys remember Hartline's – Redshirt freshman year at Iowa, that play where Gonzalez caught a touchdown and Hartline took out two Iowa defenders on the same play. Hartline will demand you block. He blocked. Skinny, skinny kid as a redshirt freshman. I'm like, is he even ready? He's out there knocking two Iowa guy, like a DB and a linebacker in the same play, springing Gonzalez for a touchdown. So you, you better believe Brian Hartline's going to make sure his guys block well. And that's the one thing Julian Fleming brings to the table. He's a really good blocker, but man, now Fleming's banged up. You know, he struggles with uh, his hands. He just is not consistent enough as a receiver. Um, but Fleming will bring it as a blocker, but you can't be a wide receiver and have your best trait being blocking. Like it, you have to be good at receiving the football. And then if you're also a really good blocker, that's awesome. Like Evan Spencer, for example, no one ever thought he was like had bad hands, but everybody knew he was a badass blocker. So, Hopefully Julian Fleming's okay. You know, they they need all the depth they can get, but getting a Mecca back will be huge. Yeah. TG Smith on YouTube saying Julian drops a lot of balls. Yeah. But I'm sure you guys are with me. I'm still glad he's on the team. Like, I'm glad he's on the roster. He's a guy. He's talented. He's physical. Um, give me a guy like that anytime who's, you know, he's at least going to stick his nose in there and get physical. Now he's got that. There's a reason that he's not getting like, you know, five targets a game or more. He's not consistent enough catching the ball, but um, I'll still take Julian Fleming on my football team. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Patrick Murphy live.
from Camp Randall Stadium. You are looking live at Camp Randall Stadium. Patrick, your takeaways from this Ohio State 24 to 10 win. Uh, I think it's funny because we all kind of predicted this game, right? But then I think everyone sort of felt like it would be ugly and, you know, closer than you probably want it to be as a Buckeye fan. And then it happens and you're frustrated and it's it's hard to watch. Um, but again, you get out of here with a, a win. I think I hit exactly on my score prediction. So, uh, look, this defense, I mean, I feel like we're saying the same things every week. This defense is just nasty. Yeah, they gave up um, the touchdown and at the start of the second half and whatnot, but they get the job done. Uh, you got to get something more consistent from Kyle McCord, no doubt about that. But it's, you know, it's this is the way this team's going to play. And you know, it's not always going to look the way that Buckeye fans have kind of come to expect it, but you keep getting results. Um, you know, I do think getting some guys back, you saw it with Travion Henderson tonight. Coach Day said Emeka Buka, I think he said on the broadcast too, um, you know, was really close and you know, they just held him out for, for one more week. So it sounds like he'll be back next week. I just asked Marvin Harrison what this offense looks like when everyone's back in there. And he said, you know, the, the sky's the limit basically. And, you know, with the defense they have, they're a national championship team when they've got everybody playing. So, you know, it's it's rinse, wash, repeat with this team. And, and maybe it's not as sexy as some of the previous Ohio State teams, but they're getting the job done so far. I love what you said because, like, we did kind of – I didn't no, I didn't predict the score exactly right like you did. I, I was 27-10, you know. So, compared to, compared to you, I was way off. But, like, I was kind of, I was kind of proud of my prediction until I – Realize that you picked it like on the money, but you're completely right. Like we all kind of thought this would be like roughly how it played out. And then it plays out that way. We're all like, well, what the hell? Like, yeah, what's going yeah. on out here? It's like, by the way, it's not easy to win at Camp Randall Stadium at night. You win by 14. And again, I'm, I, I'm, I've been critical. I think I've been fair, but I've also been critical. Um, but yeah, you nailed it. Nailed the score and you nailed like the attitude. Like this is what we expected. Let's not like overanalyze this. Yeah, exactly. And I, I do think there are reasons to be critical. There were reasons to be critical of Ohio State's 2014 team at times, right? And in 2002, there were reasons to be critical. So, you know, it, it happens throughout the course of the season. And I think if you look around college football right now, there's no team that looks perfect, right? I mean, every team you can point to and say, oh, this this week or that week they did this. I mean, I know Georgia's kind of starting to get it together. Michigan has looked good, but hasn't played anybody. And we know what's going on there. Um, you know, so I think Ohio state is very much in the mix of this thing. we got the playoff rankings coming out on Tuesday. I expect them to be firmly in the top four, if not top two, maybe, I mean, resume wise, you could, you could certainly make an argument. I mean, listen, I mean, normally I'd be like, there's no way Ohio state's number one. We had Lynn's breezy, one of our uh, long time uh, listeners and viewers saying there's no way Ohio state's going to be number one and, and nor should they. I hear what she's saying. I hear what other people are saying. But, like, who has a better resume than Ohio State? I don't know. Maybe Florida State. I don't know. I mean, certainly not Michigan playing, like, Sisters of the Poor. Right. Um, I I think it might be maybe Georgia just because they're the, the two-time defending champ. I would bet Ohio State will be two at the worst. Yeah. I mean, look, it's we're going to have to learn about this committee and what they value and everything. But, you know, it's a shame that the <laughs> – the conversation is probably going to be all about Michigan when we talk to the committee chair after uh, the rankings come out, because I do think there's a lot of questions about any team, like I said. And so there'll be, there, there could be some really good answers if they choose to answer it. But 
you're right. I, it, it will be interesting to see kind of what they value and, and where that ranks the Buckeyes. But yeah, two top 10 wins. You've now won here against a, a team that had five wins at the time, was leading the Big Ten West. Uh, you know, Maryland, when you played them, was playing pretty good football. I know they've fallen off now. Um, you know, going to Notre Dame obviously was not easy in addition to playing what, what still is a pretty good football team. So, yeah, this team is firmly in the mix of things. And absolutely there are things that have to get better. I, I mentioned Kyle McCord. You can't have that first interception. The second interception, not good, but those things happen sometimes. Coach Day said sometimes when you push it down the field, guys make a play. He didn't see a but the first one, I mean, come on, what are we doing there? You, you just can't, you can't have it. And he's infuriatingly inconsistent right now because you see where he could be when the throws are on and you have the moments. And, you know, I've, I've said this a couple times over the last week or so that you know, not every quarterback is going to be Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, CJ Stroud in year one. Ohio State has been really fortunate to have guys that have come in and, and been able to go right from the jump. But McCord is following a more traditional path where he's had some bumps in the road. But, you know, you're now eight games in, are we? Seven games in, whatever it is. Eight you've games. got – yeah, you, you've got to – yeah, you've got to start being more consistent if you're Kyle. Uh, he knows that. Coach Day knows that. And, you know, I, I saw a lot of people looking for, uh, you know, a backup quarterback. They didn't really have much today. I don't think Coach Day is benching him anyway. I, I think he's going to let him – unless it gets – you know, real bad, but you know, I think he's going to let him play through some of these struggles and, and try and come out the other side. Um, but it's gotta, it's gotta be better. Other teams will punish you if you throw, you know, interceptions like that and have some struggles like he did. I'm sure coach day was going out of his way to give injury updates after the game. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. I'm sure he just was like telling all, but give me, what do you know? What are you hearing about Lathan ransom? Looks like JT's okay. Thank God. But Lathan didn't look good. What, what are you hearing about some of these injuries? Yeah, I think JT just got not the wind knocked out of him. Uh, we talked to Jack Sawyer, and yeah, he it was brought up that Jack was the one who did it, and he just kind of laughed and he was like, "I got really scared for a minute." And uh, so, yeah, fortunately, that's not something you have to worry about. The Lathan one, uh, Coach Day said he actually just he was like, "I honestly don't know." There was a lot going on, on the sidelines, and I was never able to kind of follow up with that. He did towards the end of the game, actually, right where I'm standing here, come walking down from the tunnel, uh, still limping, and didn't have his helmet. But did come back out, you know, so it's it's not something where he, he couldn't get back on the sidelines. It did take a while. Um, certainly not good if they need to, uh, if he has to miss any time. But, uh, I mean, they, they do, you know, you probably have lost Jihad Carter for some time. We saw him on Wednesday before interviews. He was on crutches. So, you know, that's a guy that could potentially play that position. Uh, you saw Cam Martinez struggle a good amount in the few plays he played today when they went into the dime defense. So definitely don't want to have a guy who's, who's been playing some pretty good football this season out. Um, but I hope we will get a, a more definitive update by Tuesday. Get you out of here on this, the running game. I thought the O-line yeah. overall played well. Um, Travion, I didn't think Travion looked – I mean, he, he didn't wasn't bad in the first half. Some people are giving you a hard time. He wasn't bad in the first half. I just didn't think he was – Great, and then he was great in the second half, so give him credit. O-line, they, they got the job done against a solid Wisconsin defense. Yeah, and there were some big holes, and that's good to see given what we've seen previously with this offensive line and, and some of the running game. Uh, I did the math. Travion accounted for 80% of the rushing attack, which is not a surprise given the number of carries he had, and almost 40% of the total offense. And I think if you throw Marvin there, you've pretty much got it all. 
it was good to have him back. He's he's not a perfect running back, but the big plays and Coach Day said this they, they can be game changing. We saw it in Notre Dame. We've, we've seen it throughout his career, right? The Penn State run a year ago, um, and then today, you know, he he has a few. I think he had a twenty five yard run and a thirty something yard run, and then he breaks the one where he's breaking tackles and scores in the end zone right here towards the end. So this is what he does. And, and, you know, these are all pieces, right? This offense doesn't have other than Marvin Harrison doesn't have like one guy. And, and when everybody's healthy, he doesn't even have to be that guy. Cause you've got a Mecca and you've got Cade Stover who didn't, who had a very quiet night tonight. Um, Travion is a piece of that puzzle. And when he's not out there, we've seen the last few weeks, the running game just isn't, it doesn't have that pop. And, he gives it that certainly still, you know, he runs into the back of guys. He dances too much. Sometimes he's not perfect, but he can do things that those other guys can't do, which is important for over unders, man. I was confident about tight ends getting five receptions combined. Yeah, right. Not got two, but Stover got none. I would have lost a lot of money on that one. Yeah. I don't know what the Wisconsin tight ends did. I wasn't keeping track of that, but we probably did not get that one. Right. I don't think so. Um, all right. Get back to work, sir. Good stuff. I'm gonna bring in Steve Hellwagon. Thank you to Patrick uh- Murphy. All right. See you guys. See you, Patrick. Great stuff. Let's bring in Steve Hellwagon. Also, live from Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin, Steve Hellwagon. Steve, talk about this win. This is their actually their most convincing win over Wisconsin at Camp Randall since the year 2000. I mean, it's hard to win at Camp Randall. Where are you at on this 24-10 uh, win? I'm Dave. I think it's a tremendous victory. No question about it. I mean, uh, you know, <clears throat> this is what Big Ten football looks like, and uh, I was impressed, I think, with the overall. I mean, the defense played another lights-out game, gave up one touchdown drive. Uh, Wisconsin was 6 of 18 on third and fourth down combined. Uh, you know, again, that's what it's supposed to look like when a guy making his second career start is playing against one of the top defenses in the country. That's what it's supposed to look like, what they just did to Wisconsin and Braden Locke. And that kid, he played his heart out, but, you know, at this stage of his career, he's limited. And uh, Ohio State took full advantage of that. And uh, just an impressive showing, I thought. You know, the game's tied 10-10 to in the third quarter. And the Buckeyes came back, got defensive stops and a couple of touchdowns to give them the separation that they needed uh, to win the game. So... Uh, to me, very impressive, I thought. Steve, it's tough to beat Wisconsin. Do you remember the 96 game? It was at Ohio Stadium. Do you remember who scored the winning touchdown in the 96 game against Wisconsin? Oh, oh man. Oh, I don't. Man, I don't know. Was it maybe – was it Demetrius Stanley maybe? Oh, yeah, it, it was. was. It was. It was. Yeah. It, was. it was him. All right. Where you Ron, on Dane? Ron Dane was a freshman that year. Ron Dane a- was a true freshman. They had a late yeah. lead. And they put Orlando Pace in on the goal line. They put Orlando Pace in on the goal line on defense to stop it. The late great D Stanley with a touchdown to win it, just like he did in the Rose Bowl. Well, he didn't win it. I mean, obviously David Boston's touchdown won it in the Rose Bowl, but D had a long touchdown in the Rose Bowl. Kyle McCord. Um, Patrick referred to him as like like infuriatingly inconsistent, something like that. It was a great phrase. I hope I'm not messing it up. But yeah, whatever you want to like, adjective you want to use, like he's inconsistent. He ends up getting the job done. But man, I mean, there's times in the first half I'm like, what are we doing here? Where are you at on McCord? 
Yeah, I mean, he ended up 17 of 26 with two interceptions and two touchdowns, 226 yards. He always ends up right around whatever this is. Uh, like I know, right? 58, 59%. He's always right right around there. I, I don't know what that adds up to. but Two interceptions, yeah. though, tonight. Mm. Yeah, two interceptions. And I'm telling you, um, the one to take in the end zone, he needs to throw that ball away. There's like six bodies down there. You know, he's asking his guy to go make a play out of six people, and that made no sense. So that was that was ridiculous. The other one, uh, the people here seem to think he never saw that defender because uh, he was so laser-focused, locked in on Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe getting a Mecca Buca back will be just what the doctor ordered for Kyle McCord because now he doesn't have to have laser focus just on Marvin Harrison Jr. He can spread it around to some other people, but uh, – you know, Henderson, for everything he did tonight, he had four catches for 45 yards, too. He was over 200 yards offense today, which uh, is just a huge game. Just a huge game. One of the best games he's played as a Buckeye. So, yeah, it uh, all totaled, man. This was uh, this was Big Ten smash mouth football. I mean, this was – they were hitting. It was very physical. It wasn't easy by any means. And Wisconsin, if they had any more offense, which, you know, they lose Braylon Allen – at halftime, he was. It's kind of like Marvin Harrison. He's been what's holding the whole team up. Then he goes out, and uh, you know, not much of a chance after that. Although they did tie it, start the second half. But uh, Buckeyes defense slammed the door. Six three and outs, Dave. Six three and outs. This is an elite defense, Steve. Now, especially in a year like this, I keep saying. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, you know, drinking the Kool Aid, so to speak. But like I keep saying, like there's not an elite team in college football this year. This defense. And Ohio State's offense doesn't suck. It's good. It doesn't. It's not great. It's not what we're used to. But this defense is elite. I keep thinking this defense is good enough to lead Ohio State to a national championship. I'm not saying it will. It's good enough to do it, though, in my opinion. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's good enough to get them in the discussion. And then you're going to have to go out and win those games in January. And uh, you're going to need more than 14, 18, 20 points to do that. You're going to need to light up the scoreboard. And what is this, 20 points last week and 24 points this week? Not good, but 2-0, and uh, you know, you're beating quality teams in my book. I mean, you know, Wisconsin may may see them again in Indianapolis uh, if they're able to win their last four games. Uh, they now need some help. They need somebody to beat Iowa, but uh, that doesn't, doesn't seem unlikely to happen, obviously, because Iowa, goodness, they can't get a first down. So, um I would say Wisconsin's still in the thick of this thing to get to Indianapolis if they just win their last four games. And so might see this team again, and uh, maybe Allen will be healthy, and but it'll be on that fast track. Steve, I'll get you out here on this. I, I kept wondering, um, you know, last week, even into this week, like why is Marvin Harrison Jr. not getting more talk about the Heisman? And now you're seeing it pick up, pick up, pick up a little bit more. Um, he was 18 to one coming into today. He was 35 to one to win the Heisman earlier in the week. I bet by tomorrow it'll be like 10 to one at the best. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr., Steve, I keep hearing people say he's the best player in college football. He's the best player in college football. We have an award for that, Steve Hellwagon. It's called the uh, the Heisman Memorial Trophy. And I'm gonna tell you something. That catch he made, you know, in the end zone was as good as it gets. And uh when he made it, the people next to me are like, no way. You know, the, the official took like a second, got real dramatic and stood over there and went, 
like this. And the whole stadium just erupted. I mean, what a play. Because the guy's got number 10 draped all over him. And uh, he somehow uh, hauled that in and got a foot down in bounds. As Coach Day said, that ball never moved. You know how he's had two touchdowns wiped away because the ball on his chest went like that. I have really mean things and bad words I want to say about the review official who takes a touchdown away when the ball goes like this. I know. I hate that. On somebody's stomach. I mean, if he's juggling it, going out of bounds or whatever, I can look at it and say that's a touchdown. I can look at it when he juggles it and say that's not a touchdown. All these plays Marvin Harrison's made should have been touchdowns. So, you know, he finally got one that stood. So that's good. And they had to have it. My goodness, that was at a touch-and-go moment. Uh, that put them ahead, 17-10. Then Travion, you know, as uh, was it uh, your guy on the Bengals, uh, Coffin Nails, you know, he says, you know, Nails the Coffin, uh, lap him on the Bengals radio. Oh, I was like, oh, oh, oh lap him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, good luck, good luck, over, good luck um, Bengals and Browns on the West Coast tomorrow. You're going to need it. So there you go. Yeah. Well, both playing at four o'clock, 425, yeah. whatever. All right, we'll get you any any parting thoughts before you get back. Uh, at he says, could it, you know, it was close, but they definitely hope he'll be back next week. Uh, don't know about Lathan Ransom. He left in the in the second half with a leg injury of some sort appeared, and uh, not, not sure entirely what's going on with him. We got a Dave Lapham shout out on the podcast. I'm I'm good. Um, that's awesome. Oh, real quick, Michael on Facebook wants to know any update on McCord's ankle. No, I think it's just, as Coach said, bumps and bruises, you know, getting knocked around a little bit, uh, you know, could have happened when he ran it. I hate – I mean, they, they slide to protect themselves, but you also slide to injure your ankle on this field turf because it grabs and it just – there's no gift to it, you know, a lot of times. So, I don't know. I it You do or you don't, I suppose. But, uh, you know, could have happened at any point in this game. I mean, he was under some pretty good duress. I, what was that – what happened on the one where he, he – the first intentional grounding looked like Josh Fryer just let the guy come right off the end right around him. I don't know. That was weird. But uh, – Fryer had, Fryer had a couple – I've I talked up Fryer, but like he said, he had a couple of rough moments tonight for sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure, and he's had a couple of rough moments like this year. So yeah. – but overall, I think this offensive line's coming together. They're not going to be – 8-0, 5-0 in the big, tied with Michigan for the Big East lead, and now it's – a four-game race to the finish line, and who, who is who is number one? We're going to find out, and uh, we're going down the stretch in the Big Ten, Dave, at Rutgers, back home, Michigan State, and Minnesota, and then uh, November twenty-fifth at Michigan. There you go. Signs, signs everywhere. Where signs. there's signs. All right, buddy. Good All right, stuff. All right, man. Appreciate you, you joining me. Good stuff out of Steve Hellwagon. Thank you, sir. Great hearing from Steve. Great hearing from Patrick. Great hearing from Heater. All right, guys, fire some questions my way. If you've already sent some questions in and I missed them, please repost them. I will get to what I can. I know there was a question about Lathan Ransom. We've talked about that a little bit. I mean, I would say we'll know more on Tuesday. We probably won't when we meet with Coach Day. But, um, you know, I will say it was good news that he went – at first, he was, they said he was carted off. Then he was, like, walking back under his own power, definitely limping. 
man, with a guy like Lathan, like it doesn't look like it's season ending, just guessing. With a guy like Lathan, just get him ready for Michigan. Yeah. I mean, let's go. So I, I wish I had a uh, better answer for you, but, you know, I will say that uh, it didn't look terrible. It looked terrible at first, but then the, him coming back out under his own power, because as, as all you guys know, watching football, I'm sure many of you played football, but just being a football fan, like if a guy would like had a season ending injury, there's no way he would have just been walking out there, you know, like, like nothing happened, even though he was limping, I shouldn't say nothing happened. He would have stayed in the locker room or he would have been coming out like, you know, in street clothes with, as we've all seen, you know, a guy like on crutches or whatever. So um, we'll see. I hate to even speculate on injuries, but first blush looked like maybe Lathan escaped disaster there. And that's good because that kid's a badass. They need him. RM on YouTube saying Carson Hensman struggled with a man across from him. I mean, Carson's a redshirt freshman. That had to be crazy for him being a, a kid from Wisconsin to be a freshman starting at Wisconsin. Listen, I mean, if he played perfect, I would have been shocked. I'm, I still can't believe that uh, – that uh, Luke Whipler turned pro early to be a sixth round pick after three years, third year sophomore. But thank goodness for Carson Hensman. He's been solid this year, which is more than you can ask for, in my opinion, from a redshirt freshman center. It's, you're the quarterback of that O-line. My guy, Aaron Bame, one of the talk, – talk about a good football player. Aaron Bame was a hell of a football player. Aaron Bame saying Jack Sawyer still knee still seems hesitant off the ball. He needs to embrace the Bosa Chase legacy and step up. Yeah, I mean, I thought I I think Jack Sawyer's playing better. But yeah, you don't see like that violent with you know violence with the hands like you're talking about. Um, the Bosas are just so different, um, and we didn't see that really out of Chase Young till his final year, his junior year. He was good as a sophomore. Chase Young had eight and a half sacks, I believe, as a sophomore. So he was good as a sophomore. Don't get me wrong. Then we saw Chase Young just take it to a different level as a junior. Jack's never going to be that, but um, I think he's been playing better overall. I think he's left a, you know a little bit to be desired, but I think Jack's playing better. He's got to finish the plays, man. He gets close and just doesn't finish the plays. JT's the guy, though, as far as the DNs. And um, Tyleek Williams continues to be just a, a wrecking crew in there. I absolutely love Tyleek Williams. Love him. Yeah, Bucknuts88 saying uh, Cam Martinez got cooked again. Yeah, I almost feel bad for him. I mean, that was not an easy play on third down. Receiver's coming right at you, kind of like fakes inside and goes for the out. But, I mean, Cam wasn't even close, though, so I don't want to defend him too much. That was not good. Not good. Zach on Facebook, why no Stover targets? I don't know. That that flummoxed me. <laughs> I have no idea. If you would have told me G. Scott and both were healthy, G got – and good for G. I'm so happy for G and G Senior. You guys know I love uh, G Senior. He's been on the show before uh, many times. Bucknuts Morning 5, I should say, not the postgame show. So I'm happy for G. But, yeah, man, I, I never would have guessed G would have had two receptions. Cade would have none. Mike on YouTube. Hero Canoe got a big play. Love it. You know what's crazy about that, Mike? I'm, like, watching. I'm, like, what? 93 hero canoes in the game. I even said it out loud. I'm like hero canoes in the game. And then hero canoe, like got us like a sack or tackle for a loss, whatever. I'm like, well, that was like right on cue hero, right on canoe. Stover did block well tonight. 
AA Ron Mark on Facebook. Yes. I mean, Stover did block well tonight. We always, I mean, Stover missed some blocks last year and earlier this year. People are like, Stover's not a good blocker. It's like, just give him time because big part of blocking is toughness. And, you know, you never have to worry about toughness with Cade Stover, but technique is also important. And now you're seeing Cade with the right technique. <laughs> you never need to worry about toughness or strength with Cade Stover. I mean, we've talked about this before. If there was a battle royale on the team, everybody, you know, one man survives, everybody else dies. Cade might be the last guy standing, you know. I mean, JT might be in there. Mike Hall. Um, Cade might be the last guy standing if you do that. If you do that drill. Neil on YouTube saying, Dave, Stover is hurt with that brace on. Yeah, I'm sure he's banged up. He was banged up throughout last year, too. Yeah, I'm sure he's banged up. Michael on Facebook, can we talk about that goal line stand? Man, that was sweet. That was sweet. I mean, this defense is elite. Was That, that wasn't even surprising to me. Um, at one point, when Ohio State got the 10-0 lead, I even said, I don't think Wisconsin can score 10. Wisconsin ended up scoring 10 because Ohio State's offense helped them out. But this defense is elite. Absolutely elite. So if this offense can just bring it up, this offense doesn't have to be elite. That'd be nice. Be good. We'd be okay with that. This offense can just raise their level. You've got to raise your level at least a little bit. If the offense can raise their level and the defense can be elite, that's that, that is a national championship recipe, especially in the year 2023. Again, the, the ranking is the first iteration of the college football playoff rankings for this year is going to come out later this week. And I won't be surprised if Ohio State's number one. They'll probably be number two. I bet they'll give it to Georgia. I bet it'll be like Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Florida State 3, Michigan 4. You're saying Michigan 4? Yeah, nothing to do with like the cheating allegations. I don't think the committee is going to get involved with that. I really don't. For those that are wondering, are they going to leave Michigan out? Are they going to penalize them? I don't think the committee is going to get involved with that. Um, nor should they. That's on the Big Ten and the NCAA. They've and they, Michigan's getting the hammer. The only question is when, my friend. Uh, Michigan is getting the hammer laid down on them. There's no doubt about that. The only question is when. But I don't think the college football playoff committee is going to get involved with that. But I do think they're going to put Michigan fourth because Michigan has the easiest schedule of any Power 5 team. Easiest schedule of any Power 5 team. So far, so far, it doesn't end as easy for them. Not that Penn State is a uh, you know world beater, but you got to go to Penn State in a couple weeks. Michigan does. Noon game. Kind of wish that was a night game, a whiteout game, but it's a noon game. Still, it won't be easy going to Penn State for Michigan. Signs, signs, everywhere signs. And now Penn State knows like what's going on with that. It's going to be very interesting. If Michigan continues to blow everybody out, Michigan's going to say, see, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. You guys are making too much out of this. If all of a sudden Michigan struggles, dare I say, loses a couple games down the stretch, everybody's going to say, see, this is exactly – that." that's the only reason they were even good the last couple of years. I'll be one saying that, by the way. I'll be right in, in front of that line. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens as far as on the field. Again, I have no doubt Michigan will get hammered by the NCAA slash Big Ten, whatever. Um, if I had to bet, probably not till after the season. Probably not till after the season. After the Washington Post story, it wouldn't shock me if something happened during the season. But um, if I had to bet, I will say nothing will happen until after the season. This will be Jim Harbaugh's last year at Michigan. They will get hammered, but nothing as far as any sanctions will happen until after the season. 
frankly, I want Ohio State to play Michigan this year. I, I don't want to see Michigan's season get canceled or whatever. I want to. I want the game on November 25th. I want that. You should too. If you're a Buckeye fan, you should want that. In my opinion, shouldn't tell you what to do. I think you should want that. I want that. I hope you want that. I hope Lathan Ransom is not seriously hurt. We need Kyle McCord to play better. This is an elite defense. Marvin Harrison Jr. should be the front runner for the Heisman. Not in the contention for the Heisman. Not in contention. Should be the front runner for the Heisman. Travion Henderson stepped up in a big way. Kudos to Trey. O-line. People are, you know, down on the O-line. I think overall the O-line played well tonight. Camp Randall is a tough place to play, especially at night. This was their Super Bowl. Good job by the Buckeyes. But, yeah, I mean, no doubt Kyle has got to play better. I don't like to, and I don't, I don't get the sidearm stuff. I mean, Ryan Day handpicked him, and it looked like McCord had more of a over, not quite over the top, but it didn't have quite a sidearm. It's like more of a, not quite sidearm. It's more of like three quarters, you know. But he he just gets, it's just not like a true like, the mechanics just don't seem to be there. And he's, I know because of the ankle is one of the reasons he's off his back foot a lot. But like he doesn't step up in the pocket, he goes down too much of a sidearm in my opinion. I, I don't know. I mean. Again, like Ryan Day, like is a quarterback guru, and he's he's done such a great job. And even look at McCord's stats to pick him apart. You know, we're spoiled for picking like McCord apart. Like, but still, though, he's got to be better. He's got to be able to step into his throws. Okay, to me, I, I need to see more over the top, not sidearm. Not, you're, you're not going to completely change your mechanics mid season or anything like that. It's just, I don't know, man. I, I just um, he's okay. He'll, he'll drop a dime and then he'll throw one at the knees of a receiver on a four yard screen pass or something like that. It's just, he's got to be much better. He's so wildly inconsistent. He's a cool customer though. He doesn't seem to get rattled. He's definitely banged up. He was banged up coming into the game. For those who don't know, he was his ankle, even though he wasn't talking about it, why would he, his ankle was banged up coming into tonight. And that to me is what happened there. He dove for the first down, great play third down. You have to do that as a quarterback. They don't do it enough, frankly. That was awesome. You have to do that. Third down, you get a cheap first down on third and nine. Perfect. Dies for the first down. Guy kind of lands on his legs. Looked like he re-injured his ankle to me. Um, probably just, you know, doesn't probably nothing serious. Probably a pain management thing. But um, they've got to at least have the threat of the quarterback run. Because if you're a if you're a defensive coordinator, it's just gold for you right now. You just know Ohio State has no threat to run the quarterback. You're gonna crash your DNs. You've got to have some threat of running the quarterback. So, but hopefully a comma cord's okay. And it, it sounds like if he had to leave the game, they would have put in Tristan Jebia. Gebia, Jebia, Gebia, the seventh-year senior. A lot of people are like, what about Lincoln Keenholz? Frankly, I think Lincoln Keenholz might be a little underrated. I think he, you know, if you maybe, who knows? I mean, his high school competition was not good. There's no way to sugarcoat that, but like you watch him, you're like, damn, watch him on film. Even though, you know, he's playing against not good competition. He looks good. And like the little bit of practice we saw during camp, he did not look out of place at all, but it sounds like Tristan Gebbia would have been the guy if they needed to go to a different quarterback tonight. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap the show up. Any final questions here? Yeah. A lot of people talking about running quarterbacks, Mike on YouTube, amen on running quarterbacks. Yeah. Again, 
I'm not saying you need to major in it, just maybe not even minor in it, just like dabble in it, you know, do it once or twice a game. I'm including I'm, I need a once a called quarterback run once and then maybe once stepping up like Kyle, Kyle did and getting a cheap first down. That's twice a game. I'm not asking for much. I'm not saying you got to even be Craig Krenzel, who was Ohio State's leading rusher in the national championship game. Um, I'm not even saying that. Once called run, once step up and run. Got to. You've got to. Yeah, I mean, now, as Ended is pointing out on YouTube, C.J. Stroud didn't run. That was the biggest critique of him at Ohio State. How much of that now, and I was always one of those saying that, he needs to step up and run. He finally did against Georgia. I wonder how much of that was Ryan Day like, uh, I don't want to get this stud hurt because he's light years better than Kyle McCord. I wonder how much of that was like, I don't want to get C.J. even touched. I think we probably know now. I don't know. It still doesn't excuse it. You've got to have that because, especially in big games, I'm not saying you got to do it against like scrub teams, but like against good teams, you better have that threat. Because if you're a defensive coordinator and you're playing against Ohio State, what are you doing? You're like, they have their quarterbacks, no threat to run. It's got to be a little bit of a threat to run. It's there anytime they want it. All right, everybody. I appreciate you guys joining me. Late night version of what we learned live. Thank you to Heath Schneider, a.k.a. Heater. Thank you to Patrick Murphy. Thank you to Steve Hellwagon. And thank you very much to all of you. Really appreciate you guys joining me for the show. Buckeyes win 24-10. to Move to 8-0 on the season. At Rutgers next week. 6-2 Rutgers. 6-2 Rutgers. High noon. So I will see you guys after the Rutgers game next week. I'll, of course, see you on Bucknuts. All week, we will be, of course, on uh, our radio show all week, the Bucknuts Morning 5, and um, I'll see you guys on Monday for that. Dan Rubin will have you guys on Tuesday and Thursday. I'll be with you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, appreciate you guys joining me. Again, thanks to all my guests, Heath Schneider, Patrick Murphy, Steve Hellwagon, and thanks to all of you, Ohio State 24-10, to victors over Wisconsin at Camp Randall Stadium. I am Dave Biddle. Thank you very much. Hope everyone has a great evening and a great rest of your weekend. moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.